Hey guys, what is going on? This is CJ, and what you're going to listen to are some episodes that were recorded previously, before the first official episode, and it just wasn't tweaked right enough, so again, this is still a evolving horror podcast of sorts, so um, it's kind of interesting to just see where the starting point was, and where it's kind of going. But anyways, guys, these are just, uh, I guess, lost episodes. So, enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Spook House Squad podcast, and I am your host, CJ Hernandez. So, this podcast is mostly to talk about things that are horror-related. So, if you like horror movies, ghost stories, some spooky urban legends, this is definitely a podcast for you. So... I'm not sure when I really officially became a horror fan. I kind of always knew that I always liked kind of like creepy, (laughs) macabre, morbid, dark things. And the earliest memory I have of watching something that was horror related is probably the Monster Squad when I was like about four or five years old and that was definitely a movie that stuck with me made a big impression on me and it was kind of sad because for a while you couldn't find that movie anywhere and I remember when like Amazon was just really kind of starting out and starting to sell like DVDs or movies I'd always look on there for Monster Squad and they would have like the VHS and it'd be like some ridiculous price because it was out of print and yeah it was just like one of those movies that like a lot of people remembered and kept talking about and um, people would post in like horror forums like on April Fool's like oh the DVD is finally going to come out and (laughs) it'd be like this false hope and then it finally came out and I remember buying that DVD and being like the happiest person on earth uh, finally having it in my hands I would say that my I guess love and appreciation for horror movies really kicked off when I watched 28 Days Later and that was just like a movie that made me want to watch like every other zombie movie out there and (laughs) coincidentally um, that's kind of like when the whole like zombie revival happened because then there was the Dawn of the Dead remake and then uh, George Romero had his Land of the Dead come out and (laughs) there was like so much zombie stuff happening and it was a good time and then came like the walking dead and like i really loved that first season of the walking dead it was just like near perfect and (laughs) it was only like six episodes in that first season because i think they were just trying to see how well it would perform with people and people ended up loving it and then after that first season I kind of stopped caring so I hear and see people post about The Walking Dead but to be honest I just couldn't care about it because that first season to me was just spectacular and it had that perfect balance of zombie action and human drama and I think after that they try to focus more on the human drama and then the zombie action kind of became I guess more lean. I really do love zombies though. Those movies 
are so much fun. They are so chaotic and have so much carnage and most of the time like zombie movies the actual zombies are not even the real villains they're just part of a situation and the real villains are the people that are trying to survive and trying to take advantage of others and trying to manipulate others and manipulate the situation for their own favor so that's kind of what I love about zombie movies. My favorite zombie movie is and will always be the original Night of the Living Dead. I would say part of the reason why Night of the Living Dead is so scary and creepy is the way that it was shot. It was done very much in like a guerrilla style of filmmaking and the fact that it's black and white also kind of helps it be creepy and eerie and unsettling. It almost feels like you're watching found footage. What I think is really genius about this movie is the new segments that are included. It gives an extra layer of realness and verisimilitude to the movie. So my birthday was... A few days after the death of George Romero and my girlfriend actually did take me to the Alamo Draft House to watch a special screening of Night of the Living Dead and it was amazing. I did actually have the 30th anniversary edition of Night of the Living Dead on VHS and the reason I had that was mostly because so many people told me how terrible it was and what a disservice it did to the movie. There were some new recorded scenes added at the beginning and at the end and kind of spliced into the movie and it just really didn't mesh well or mix well and it kind of took away from the horror of the movie. I do absolutely love the remake that Tom Savini did direct though. And <laughs> that's like one of my earliest um, childhood memories of being totally scared to death <laughs> was watching that remake. And I'm not sure how I was allowed or able to watch any part of that remake as a kid, but it really terrified me and the zombie makeup was way more sophisticated and gosh like I still watch that movie now and I still kind of get like a little like creeped out and I mean even with the original like if I'll watch it alone at home at night <laughs> I'm not gonna want to like leave I'm just gonna try and stay indoors and hope that a zombie apocalypse doesn't happen uh, while I'm, you know, at home. <laughs> a zombie apocalypse would totally be terrifying and just the weird thing is when people talk about zombies and zombie apocalypse, I always kind of think of like how it's going to smell and the stench of all that dead flesh. It's just gross and could you imagine like just something so like disgusting and putrid coming after you and trying to eat you like that's terrifying that's the stuff of nightmares and that's why I love zombies and hope that a zombie apocalypse doesn't happen I actually remember when I watched the Dawn of the Dead remake in theaters for the first time at a midnight showing I was totally like freaked out and like I was trying to absorb what I just watched and drove around for a while and then finally went to Whataburger to eat something and the thing is that this was during the Lent season so I had worked without eating anything and then when I got to the movie theater I was by myself and I didn't want to get any popcorn or anything because I just wanted to wait in line to get good seats and then 
so I was just starving while I was just watching that movie and maybe that kind of added to me getting as scared as I was by that movie and yeah so I was just driving around in my car for like maybe like a good like 30 to 45 minutes and trying to decide if I wanted to eat something and then I did because I was just starving so yeah I went to Whataburger and then I just remember like staying up so late because I was just like I hope a zombie apocalypse doesn't happen while I fall asleep because I don't know I don't want zombies breaking into my house and then eating me alive and all that that would suck so yeah I'm not looking forward to a zombie apocalypse contrary to belief. I'm not too sure how I feel about Zombieland 2 coming out. When I watched the first Zombieland, like the first time in theaters, I was absolutely like in love with that movie. I thought it was so clever and so hilarious and I mean I just really liked it and then came this like whole trend of let's make zombie movies funny and focus more on the humor and it was cool for a bit but now it's kind of just like overdone so yeah I'm like I'm not sure if I really want to watch Zombieland 2 and kind of be like hit with that same humor that was cool at first but then has kind of become like an old tired joke that's just not funny anymore and it's just kind of cliche. The first Zombieland ended on a note that the f original Dawn of the Dead ended on and it was perfect. It was just life goes on for these people and you know you can decide what happens to them but when I was watching the trailer for the second Zombieland that's about to come out I was just like do I really want new characters added to this ensemble of characters that I really liked in that first movie so I'm probably gonna watch it when it does come out though no lie um, I can't pretend that I'm not gonna have some interest in buying a ticket and see what happens I just don't know if I'm gonna enjoy it I guess I'm just being a grumpy old man when it comes to zombies and zombie movies because I just want zombies to rise from the grave and eat people alive in the most gruesome ways possible with lots of gore and blood splatter. So I'm actually trying to get more into watching movies via physical media and not so much streaming. And one of my biggest regrets right now is that I got into minimalism and decluttering and just had this urge to declutter my physical media and got rid of so many DVDs and Blu-rays and gosh, I am just kicking myself right now for doing that because the thing is, I believe, yeah, like, there's only like a few movies that I can say I absolutely love, but sometimes I just want to watch things that aren't as good and just appreciate that movies aren't always going to be masterpieces and I could have fun watching a really bad movie as long as it's like so bad it's good entertaining and I guess when I was decluttering my physical media I was just like yeah, I haven't watched this it can go I haven't watched this in a while it can go I haven't watched this in a while it can go and of course as soon as I get rid of that stuff I have this urge to be like oh remember that movie I had darn it why did I get rid of it so lesson learned but I'm sure there's a silver lining and a lot of the movies that I did get rid of got really nice upgrades I guess I would say like a lot of blu-rays out there um Okay, so a lot of the movies that I got rid of were on DVD, and the Blu-rays that are out there of those movies got very nice 
2K and 4K scans, and if I really want them, I can get them. I'll just have to pay a prettier penny than I did when I got them on DVD, but it's no big deal. But at least I know now not to declutter my physical media because I love my physical media, and I like having that option. And honestly, looking for something to stream online is just such a sure and I it just gets like so dumb because there's so much out there like so many options but none of it is really stuff that you want I guess is what I'm trying to say so yeah lesson learned no more decluttering my physical media so I haven't watched the first part of the it remake and I don't regret it at all I've seen the original from 1990 and I actually remember kind of sneaking glances at the original airing of it back in 1990. And I don't know if I was scared, but looking back at it now, it's a little silly that people got scared. Because <laughs> it's not really terrifying. I think it's just like that herd mentality of like, ooh, it's so scary because clowns are scary and whatnot so i think that kind of helped lend to the legend of it being so scary and i think that's kind of why a lot of people went to go watch it and it broke all these records for a horror movie at the box office but i am actually interested to watch the second part of the it remake because that's where a lot of the action happens so not sure how long it's going to be until I actually do get to watch the second part of the It remake with my girlfriend. But right now the movie Ready or Not kind of has like more of a priority because that movie looks like it's going to be awesome. And there's actually quite a bit of buzz about it. So I am excited to watch that with my girlfriend. And for some reason I kind of get like a your next vibe from ready or not i could be wrong but who knows (laughs) so i am looking forward to ready or not because it looks like it's just going to be a lot of like carnage and gory bloody fun and i am a gore hound guys so whenever it looks like there's going to be lots of gore involved i'm like count me in um, not sure if it's going to be a lot of practical effects or it's just going to be CGI. I miss the days of practical gore, Tom Savini-esque style gore. That's just the first uh, name I could think of when it comes to like special effects makeup is Tom Savini. Because he is a legend, he's done so many movies that I absolutely love. A movie that for some reason is like so important to me is Maniac and the special effects he did with that movie are great and amazing so again I don't know why Maniac is so important to me but it's a movie that I I gravitate to like even the remake with Elijah Wood like I gravitated towards that and um I, I enjoy both of them so but Again, the original is always going to be king to me, and mostly because Tom Savini. Alright, so that is going to be it for this very first episode of Spook House Squad podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Spook Squad Pod CJ. And that's on Instagram. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, I don't do Facebook because quite honestly Facebook is just a hub for depression and bad negative feelings. It's just usually like stuff that's going to make you angry or stuff that's going to make you sad or um, yeah I don't mess around with Facebook but Instagram I can deal with. <laughs> if I'm going to have a social media it'll be Instagram. Anyways guys thank you so much for listening to this episode and Hope to have some more fun doing these episodes. I'm not sure what the schedule will be like. Um, Ideally, 
once a week at the least, but who knows? So just trying to see where this goes and how this goes. But again, thank you for listening to this very first episode of Spook House Squad podcast. I'll see you later. Hello and welcome to the Phantom of the Spook House podcast. This is CJ Hernandez and I am joined by Janina Hernandez. And we are talking about a scary movie that recently came out. Yeah, I just saw the scary stories to tell in the dark, and I had an interesting take that I wanted to share about that movie. Cool. So, uh, you want to give us a synopsis of scary stories to tell in the dark? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, pretty much, it's based off of the book that I'm sure a lot of us in our 30s remember reading as kids. Um, I think it's also called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And it is set in 1968, which is something I didn't know from the previews, but it's about a girl named Stella, and she finds a book that belongs to Sarah Bellows, who has, you know, the creepy story of of the town. And she's, you know, typical creepy story person. She's this shut-in woman that would write scary stories, and every story that she would write about the town's children would come true, and the children would die. So the whole house is haunted, and a lot of the things that take place stem from that creepy backstory. But Stella and her friends go into the haunted house, and they find the book and unwillingly summon all of the scary stories um, to start happening to them. And then surely, one by one, they each have to encounter a different story that's written based off of a fear that they have. Um, And it all turns out in a really cool way. I don't don't know. I mean, we're going to give spoilers anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, Stella has to, you know, work with her friends to find a way to stop all of the scary stories from happening. Because slowly but surely, all of her friends are getting picked off by this this book. Um, And then it ends, and it ends in a way that I think alludes to a sequel but we can talk about that later and the crazy thing is this is actually a book i owned as a kid so uh, i was actually kind of excited to see which stories they picked out but they didn't pick out the one story i wanted which was the girl that goes to the graveyard and gets scared to death because she's dumb and she plunges a knife through her dress onto the ground so i was sad they didn't have that one that was a good, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, they did the the one that scared me the most was the big toe. That was the one I remember reading a lot, and I remember getting scared about it. Um, and then this is not a scary story to tell in the dark story, but the one with the little girl with the neck like the choker. It's like the green choker, and it holds her head in place. Yes, that's a separate book altogether. Yes. I completely forgot that. <laughs> so that's not even a scary story to tell in the dark. But I was like, "Where's that choker, lady?" But that's not one of them. So I think my childhood memories are getting mixed up. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked when the movie started that they're playing the hearse song, and I was like, "Oh, like all the childhood memories are coming back to life." Yeah, I really liked this movie for being PG-13. It gave me a lot of really good scares. Um, what was your scariest, or what was the scariest one for you? Um, the scariest one for me was the one where the guy's head rolls through the chimney. Me, Ty, Doty, Walker. Yes. <laughs> Ugh, the jangly man. The jangly man. Because he was like the actual like real monster-ish one. Harold was kind of fun, but... Yeah, the Meetai Dodie Walker guy... Uh, I didn't realize this, but I, as I was reading more about the movie, it was actually played by a contortionist, and it's not all CGI. So the part where he's climbing on the jail... Oh, really? It's a real man <laughs> who's doing that, and his name is Twisty Troy. Twisty Troy? Yes, and he is another Guillermo de Toro movies and... That like he's been in movies before, and he uh, was able to like contort his body and do a crab rock, and 
roll his like legs around. It's so creepy, and I didn't realize. It's almost more creepy that it was a real person because it looks so CGI. I thought, oh, well, it's not that scary, and then <laughs> to realize a actual guy was doing that is really really creepy. Wow. So. They had a guy doing it, but then it looked CGI. I don't know if that's a compliment or... <laughs> yeah, I think they had to CGI his face. Oh, okay. So something was CGI. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they had to put some CGI on there. And then Harold also was apparently a real... So I, I guess because Guillermo del Toro produced it, they had a lot more practical things. But it's to your point, I think it's kind of funny because it doesn't look a lot of practical. It looked a little bit more CGI. <laughs> I want to say they definitely took creative license with these stories because they weren't the same stories that I remember reading back in the day. And I was like, hey, that's not how that ends. Or, hey, that's not how that begins. But, again, it just goes along with the PG-13. So this was a PG-13 movie made for 30-year-olds. Yeah, pretty much. So we could (laughs) torture our children. But I don't have any, so I don't have any to torture yet. (laughs) Well, a funny story is, like, when we went to go watch this, I watched it with my girlfriend. And... We were sitting next to a family, and I was just wearing my Goosebumps shirt and everything, and then, like, um, the kid was, like, sitting on the edge, and then as soon as I sat next to the kid, like, overprotective parenting, they, like, switched seats, and I was like, okay. You're like, I don't care about your kid. <laughs> I was like, this is, like, the worst place to kidnap somebody <laughs> a room full of, like, other people. <laughs> so. Yeah, so yours was, my scariest, the scariest one for me was the big toe, I think they had a lot of really good suspense leading up to that moment before, you know, Augie gets pulled under the bed. I think that was the most intense, like, scary part because it, the it was just very creepy. I think I'm more scared when creepy things happen in your house. So, like, if you're in a field with a creepy scarecrow, that's your fault. If you're messing around in a haunted house, that's your fault. But if you're at home, you're kind of, like, just eating out. And I think... You and I had this, like, mom and dad would leave food in the fridge for us all the time. <laughs> like, that was very realistic. Yeah, just, it was super realistic. It just made me think, like, yeah, if I was a kid and I saw food, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to eat this too in here. <laughs> and then just knowing what's in there and he's eating it and you're just so grossed out. And then, like, all the parts leading up to that scene, he's talking about the things that are in food. He's like, I can't believe you're eating that candy bar. It has, you know, body parts are in it or bugs in it. Like, he's, like, that one neurotic character that was scared of bugs and things in his food and he ended up eating a a person's toe which was probably the grossest thing (laughs) ever (laughs) so that one just really really scared me yes unvolunteered cannibalism yeah don't not a fan (laughs) so okay my hot take on on this movie because like i said i wasn't i was super surprised that it was set in 1968 because the previews didn't really at least the ones i saw didn't show that um I think it's an allegory or whatever. I don't know. Allegory? Yeah, for Vietnam. I think it's an al- for the draft. Oh, yeah. Because they have a lot of video footage of, like, Nixon, the draft, like, um, Ramon, one of the characters, which I was super excited there was a Mexican character in there. Um, he's, like, a draft dodger. So it was really set in this time where, you know, your number could be next. And so I picture the book as, like, the draft. It's drafting these kids into these unwilling fates that they were not wanting to be a part of. And so I kind of think that each character, each male character's death kind of encapsulates a way that somebody would have died in Vietnam. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, do you want to hear my take? Go ahead. Okay. So um, the first one to die is Tommy, and he's the bully of the whole like story and he's actually really a menacing bully like for being a little scrawny drunk kid he's actually really scary he kind of reminds me of just this like just this force of anger and he is first shown enlisting in you know the army and he's coming out he's really excited and he seems like one of those guys that was like yeah i'm gonna go kill people so he would always beat up harold and harold is the scarecrow and he would take out all his aggression on it well, I think the way that he dies, it's super similar because um, he gets killed by, like, stealth and in the field. So, like, guerrilla style, he gets stalked. And um, and he kind of dies a really ruthless way. So, I think, like, that signifies the gung-ho person that was just there for, like, killing, getting their comeuppance. Yeah. And so, Augie is the second one. And so, he, um, he to me, symbolizes a POW. 
because he gets taken under the bed and we don't ever really know what happened to him. Like, he just disappears. Yeah, so his was like, he was intellectual and smart. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want any part in the story and then he just completely disappears. So I think, like, for me, when I was watching him, like, yeah, he just goes like, he's gone. And even at the end of the movie, Stella's like, well, we don't know what happened to him. And so the next one... She's not a, a male character, but she has the, the spider that's in her face, uh-huh. the eggs. Um, Ruth. So Ruth, to me, symbolizes somebody who gets wounded and comes back because she doesn't die. She doesn't get taken away, but she has this, like, gaping, ugly wound, and it scars her, and she ends up in a, you know, with mental problems. So she represents somebody who goes to war but comes back with, you know, all kinds of issues with PTSD. And then, lastly, um, this one is, might be a little stretch, but Chuck, because he's kind of, like, what we see the most pervy of the, like, characters, and he's not really pervy, because, again, it's PG-13, but he has, like, the little nudie pen that you switch up oh, and yeah. down that shows you the <laughs> naked lady, and so, for me, he symbolizes, like, when the warriors would go to the red light district, and they would get an STD, because his fear is the red room, and he gets stalked by that pale lady who absorbs him in her body. And I think it's just like a signif- it signifies like he contracted something. Um, I know, I'm, I'm kind of stretching it. And then Ramon, because he was the draft dodger, um, but he talks about why. And so he says, like, you know, his brother came back in pieces. And I think that Meetai Dodie Walker, the jangly man, represents that, you know, his family is like you know, been killed, and so at the end of the movie, he eventually enlists, and so, you know, I think that's really, I would hope that because everyone else died in a way, like, he's one of the ones that gets out alive, but, um, yeah, that's my hot take. I'm interested if you (laughs) see what I'm thinking. No, I can see it now. I just thought it was, like, cool to set it in the 60s and have people dress up like that. (laughs) I looked at it superficial value, and I like that Ramon was the best dress and coolest kid on that whole movie. Yeah, shout out to Ramon. <laughs> yeah, he drove the cool car, wore the cool jacket and everything. Yeah, and he was just like, he didn't have, like when the kid goes, um, do you have a, a, a blade on you? He goes, why do you think I have a blade? And then they're trying to break into the house and he flips open the switch blade. He's like, I wouldn't tell that kid I had a blade, but it was just really, I feel mm-hmm. bad for him because he was like just trying to watch a movie in peace and then <laughs> all those kids jumped in and said about his day in the wrong way but but yeah like i was being so nerdy that when they were playing night of the living dead at the drive-in i was like these scenes don't match up that's not how that movie goes because they're just playing random clips of that movie yeah like we're non-sequential i was like getting all mad about it (laughs) (laughs) your focus was on the the factual (laughs) part of the (laughs) drive-in yes (laughs) but yeah so that's my hot take that's a hot take hot take of movies i also have you seen brightburn Yes, I did. Okay, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, because I just watched it last night. <laughs> no. Um, no, I'm going to sound really bad, but, like, Brightburn is, like, how I wish my life was when I was, like, that age. I could just have, like, all this ultimate power and do cool stuff with it. It's, like, a fantasy to me. I was like, it's not a horror movie, it's a fantasy. Just... Yeah, so apparently they're trying to make this thing called superhero horror. Oh. It's supposed to be... The next like wave of of hero or not hero movies because they're villains, but like super movies. So um, after that, I watched it last night. I was I did not have a good feeling at the end of that movie. <laughs> I was really hoping that um, it would turn out better for humanity, <laughs> but um, even the clips where they show him at the end, like just destroying everything. And if you don't know what Bright Burn is about, I can give a, or CJ, if you want to give a quick synopsis about it. But it's just, it's, it's like Superman gone wrong. Or Superman gone right, in my opinion. Yeah, in your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, what if instead of, you know, a benevolent alien, it came out a malevolent alien? And they made like a... What is it, like an allusion to that in the beginning when they're talking about wasp and how they have other insects, like, pretty much raise their children and force them to do that? I was like, 
Oh, I guess we're, that's what we're going to get into with this movie. So. Yeah, I'm happy you caught that, too, because when there, he was the only one that knew that answer, what's the difference between wasps and bees? And, like, bees are happy pollinators, and, like, wasps kill everything. Like, they trick people to raise their young, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, it totally turned out that way. And that was, I think you would, I mean, for me, I was super surprised by the gore in Brightburn. Oh, yeah. I was very satisfied with the gore. <laughs> yeah, the goriest that man who lo- his jaw falls off. That was I was not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty pretty gruesome. But yeah, I don't know. Do you what are your takes on superhero horror? Is that something you want to see more? Well, it's like weird to call it superhero horror because it's a super villain, so yeah. wouldn't it be like just glorifying super villains? Or is it going to be like, oh, what if Batman was had all this money and used it to be evil? I mean, that'd be kind of cool or something like that. Yeah, I think they have, uh, they alluded to like a an evil Aquaman. Oh. In it. It's fresh for me because I just saw it yesterday. Yeah, they have like, in the end, the guy who plays, um, oh, who's that evil, the not evil guy, but the guy from Walking Dead, Merle. Oh, I don't know that guy's (laughs) name, but that actor, like, comes out at the end like a crazy YouTube theorist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, there's this, yeah, I remember that part. Yeah, so he's like, there's this one under the water, and this one who does this, and so I think... Was one of them a witch or something? Yes, a witch. Ooh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know, I feel like it's a, it was one of those set up for, like, a alternate... So, universe. was it like DC just being like, I guess we can't win the superhero game, so we'll just go into horror? Which I think is more exciting. I think so, too. I think a lot of the superhero movies are a little formulaic. Yeah. And I'm kind of tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing about horror, you can do any formula, really. Yes. Yeah. So, that I Brightburn was not a feel-good movie, but it was really interesting. I mean, it was a feel-good movie for me. It wasn't feel good movie for me. <laughs> I was just like, could you imagine being like that age and like just being able to like have all this power and no one can discipline you? It's like evil Bart Simpson <laughs> kind of like power. Yeah. I would, you know, growing up with you, I'm happy you didn't have that power. <laughs> <laughs> could imagine what I would have been. I would have been chucked over the fence. <laughs> no. But I think that, I think it was probably true because like even if you think about it i'm pretty sure superman ha- went through puberty and was not a pleasant alien <laughs> like nobody is so well like the weird thing is like they say superman's supposed to be like jesus so you're not gonna know his whole like 12 to 30 something years right ah uh-huh. so maybe that's the thing maybe that's what they're trying to do with brightburn is be like oh like at this age when you're going through adolescence and you're angsty you are gonna lash out and have this crisis of identity and whatnot so yeah that's a good point that's a really good point hopefully you know no teenagers get powers because <laughs> that's the angst of being a teen plus ray gun eyeballs is like right bad. i think the hardest scene was uh well the jaw scene was bad but the I think the hardest one was when the dad tries to shoot him. Oh, yeah. And the bullet just plinks off the back of his head, and he turns over and looks at his dad and is just, like, <laughs> so betrayed. Because I kind of feel like he wasn't that bad yet. Mm-hmm. But then he, like, that was the last thing. Like, if even your parents right. wanted well, to kill I don't know how the dad thought that was going to work, though. I don't either. <laughs> that was not good thinking. When he shot him, I goes like, you should have just waited to make a bullet out of that spaceship. Right. This is why communication is key in the relationship because the mom knew that and the dad didn't. <laughs> well, I think the mom tried to tell the dad or something like that. Didn't? Oh no, I don't think she did. No. It's I been don't, a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was. I was excited for this movie, but then I, I was like I said, I was really surprised at the turn it took. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we're going into that. All right. And I thought about. I was like, man, she did. You know, my brother was gonna love this. So. I did love it too. Yeah. All right. And then have you watched anything else of interest? <laughs> no, those are the only two that I think I'm still waiting to see. Ready or not? Uh, I want you to give a spoiler for your review, <laughs> so I don't have to hear the spoilers. <laughs> Honestly, with Ready or Not, they do that thing where they 
tell you the movie and how it's gonna end like in the opening credits when they show like certain like games and like signage and artwork and stuff like that so um yeah (laughs) so it's one of those movies i mean it's fun but like it takes a while to get to where like i wanted it to go i was thinking of like here next with this movie like it's like oh like you know this person's gonna fight back and really kick ass and um all that but it takes a while to get to that so she's more hiding than fighting yeah it's a lot more uh flight than fright but then it gets it's a lot more flight than fight but then she gets to the fight part and then there's a twist at the end that is awesome and i really enjoyed but it's also kind of silly so oh yes it's a silly twist but it's fun okay it was all a dream no okay <laughs> as long that's, as it's that's not, not fun it no that's a, a cop-out twist it really is i'm trying to think of any other movies with a cop-out twist that i've i can remember watching <laughs> horror, horror movie cop out twists. Horror movie cop out twists. Yeah. Wasn't there like an M Shyamalan, M Night Shyamalan? Oh, it's the trees. That's a cop out. <laughs> I don't know the cop out. It was just like, I'm not sure how on paper that sounded cool, and then when you actually hear about it, you're like, hmm. You're trees. About trees. Yeah, that was lame. It's like you can't make trees scary. I was rooting for the trees in that one. Go for it, trees. Yes. There's too many people here. <laughs> there is. Take back the land you own, trees. <laughs> trees that have been around for like 5,000 years. Oh, I feel like, you know, Emily Shyamalan, he got really, he does really good. He's one of those people who like does one good thing and then gets lazy. <laughs> so he takes a f- step forward and then two steps back? Yeah, because he did Glass, right? The or um, the one where John... The, there's like the... Oh, Split! Yes. Split is the good one. Well, The Visit was also good. I never saw The Visit. Okay, well then... But I, I don't want to ruin Grandma and Grandpa for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know the twist in, in The Visit. Oh, well it's then the, you don't need to watch it. Yeah, it's not their grandparents, right? Yes. Okay. But it's just like when someone—it's like a when someone says they have authority, and you kind of believe it because they're saying it so confidently, and you know. Yeah. What was that one movie you told me about? Where compliance. Based, oh yeah. See, it's kind of like that. But that movie—that movie was actually scary. <laughs> like, yeah, it was apparently based. I think it was on. It was actually McDonald's. Yes. Uh, something happened at a McDonald's, and uh, somebody crank called them and pretended that they were some kind of corporate or law enforcement and one thing led to another they actually like kind of had somebody one of their employees prisoner and were doing kind of horrible like searches on them and just all kinds of invasion of personal privacy um just because they thought an authority was telling them to do that Mm -hmm. and so compliance is you know they obviously strip out where it was from and they i'm sure they take some creative liberty but that movie was a hard one to watch, too, because you're just kind of like, snap out of it. It's not real. Like, why are you listening to this voice on the phone? Yeah, it's the power of social engineers. Yeah. And scary, because anybody can be a social engineer without even knowing it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think N.R. Chamalan does a lot of, like, I think he needs control when to make movies, because he gets, when I think Blumhouse, like, was the visit. Yes. And they're, like, a really low budget but high quality production place and so like i'm sure he didn't have a lot of free range to do anything and i think that makes his stories better when he has that like control like tight boundaries and then he did split and i think he had something to prove and like i'm not terrible right i have one good thing okay now i can do this with a bigger budget then expand on the story and i thought split was great and then he did glass and then it was like once he got that blank check again it all went to crap (laughs) Oh, I didn't see glass. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't have to. <laughs> Just end that split, and then you'll feel like oh, okay. yeah, you're not getting anything out of it. Well, there was that weird, like, after the credit scene on Split where they show Bruce Willis from, what was it? The Unbreakable. Unbreakable. And then he's like, yeah, his name was Glass or something like that. Yeah. 
I was just like, why? Yeah, I don't. That was a weird tie-in. They made trying to make a Shamalaverse. <laughs> Shamalaniverse. Not everybody can have a universe. Yeah, I'm tired of universes. Well, I do like the Conjuring universe. That's my guilty pleasure. I've only seen of the Conjuring. I've seen the Conjuring. The Conjuring one, two, <laughs> and then there's another Conjuring movie. Annabelle. I've not seen Annabelle or the Nun. I guess that's it. Yeah. Just one and two is all I've seen. (laughs) Well, the Curse of La Llorona is supposed to be set in that Conjuring universe as well, because... Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. Well, they make an allusion to Annabelle, and it's the priest that was in the Annabelle movie, so... Oh. The Nun? That movie... The Conjuring 2? I stayed up long after that was done, and I felt like that Nun lady, every time I turned off the light, was staring at me. Oh, it's because when she's just in the painting and then her eyes, like, glow. Yeah, I just felt like (laughs) it was the most scary thing I'd ever seen. And I do feel like Annabelle and the Nun are scary. Yeah. Is it hereditary scary? No, that's its own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because we watched Hereditary on my birthday last year? Yeah. And... (laughs) <laughs> I haven't watched you get that scared of watching a movie in a long time. I pretty much watched sixty uh, percent of it with my with my hand over my face <laughs> because I was just waiting for something bad to happen. And I think that's what makes it a good movie, a good scary movie. Yes, because you never feel safe when you're watching <laughs> it. Right, you never feel safe riding in a car with your older brother. No, you definitely don't. <laughs> you definitely don't. And I think, like, that one, too, stick, stuck with me, and I want to watch it again, but I am, af- like, I'm afraid to watch it again. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid of getting re-triggered. What triggered you, though? Um, just as, it's, Ari Aster doesn't blink. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he just shows you everything, every bad thing. He doesn't do, like, the, oh, I'm going to let you, like, imagine. He's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, he's not like, oh, just, like, watch blood spray on somebody and you assume, oh, their head fell off. Like, no, he makes you watch the head coming off. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a lot. And so I think because it's unflinching, it feels more realistic. And it's also scary to think that, like, you could be cursed and you have, like, no control over this curse that you just kind of, like, you're a pawn. Right? I know that was all set up, like, extremely well, which is weird because I guess only, like, a coven of witches or demon worshippers can do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like a bad surprise party. Oh, the worst. (laughs) It's like a, yeah, surprise birthday party at the worst. Yeah, and I think, like, the other thing that's, I know that I'll watch it again and I'll pick up on more things I didn't pick up on before. And the first thing, the biggest thing that scared me in the beginning of that movie was when she goes into her mom's room or her room and turns off the light and then she sees her mom staring at her. Oh, yeah. And then she turns the light back on and nothing's there. And then it it never happens again. But ever, but once that happened once, like, you're looking at every corner Mm -hmm. in that movie thinking this creepy shadow lady is going to come out and then she's not. And then she does again. Like... The mom is the creepy shadow person. Well, that's how I imagine, like, how it would be to see a ghost. It's just, like, it just happens. You're like, huh? Like, it kind of, like, takes your breath away because you don't expect it. But then it's just there. It happens. And you don't know what to do. Yeah. It's probably unexpected. And you don't believe what you just saw. Yes. And you will never see it yeah, again. Yeah, because she's, like, looking up, like, did I see an apparition? Am I going crazy? Is this grief? Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, oh, just watching it, just talking about it now, getting oh, scared. <laughs> well, we can talk about Midsummer if you want. Okay. That one wasn't too scary, but it was gross. It was very gross. <laughs> it was so gross. I think Midsummer. one thing that, like, kind of is not cool, I, I didn't know that the sun stayed out that long in Sweden. <laughs> like, I guess because they're so north, I didn't realize that. It's just like... This is a Texan understanding of <laughs> geo- geography. Right. But uh, I saw... How many people walked out of Midsummer in your theater? Uh, I don't think anybody walked out. Maybe, like, two people, but... We had knows. six people walk out. <laughs> six people. Why did they walk out? Um, they walked out when it started getting to the ritualistic parts of it. So oh. it was like... 
they're all cool with, you know, people jumping off rocks and, like, getting their heads smashed in. But once it got to, like, weird, culty, chanting, sex circle, it was like, that's where we throw in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> that was it for, for, like, half of those people. So they walked out. And then you could see, like, it, I think it definitely was the women that were walking out because the husbands were still trying to watch the scene on their way out. It was really funny. But that was, like, a weird movie that I didn't realize was paid for by the, like, the Swedish government gave Ari Aster money and said, like, make a full core movie about us. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then he went through a bad breakup and was like, okay, I'll do it. And then he just, like, took their money and made this movie. Oh, so this was, like, from a personal level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that explains that, like, one weird scene that you are talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the ritual. Yeah, so he, he is the Danny person in the relationship. And then the bad literally the bad news bears is the, the, the significant other. The bad news bears. The bad news bears. <laughs> Why are they called the bad news bears? I just called them bad news. Because he's in a bear costume and he gets oh. lit on fire. See, it's like weird because I had like a weird take on that. It was like, I think that guy is just a uh, victim of circumstance because he literally had a spell placed on him and was literally drugged and was just like kind of like, oh, where am I going? And like being manipulated. So I think it was all a setup to get him in that bear suit and then have him be burnt alive. Yeah. Well, Danny was not supposed to go. So none of those people were ever supposed to come back. And I think, I don't remember the guy that she, the friend, the Swedish guy that brought him all there. But he's like, yeah, like he definitely had everybody marked for sure. Like what they were going to be doing. But that guy was not a victim. I don't know. He was kind of a jerk. I mean, he was a jerk. But I'm just saying the way it like happened because they say like, you see like the weird what is it called the potion no the drawing is like oh explains the ritual with yeah the, yeah yeah with the runes and everything yeah and he's just like i love that scene where it cuts and it's he's just staring at that bear on fire <laughs> and he's just like huh and it's i was like everything in that movie i knew to pay attention to the background because it was all gonna be yeah. something important yeah oh yeah which is like cool when he does it but then when some other people try to do it, it's not so cool like that movie we watched the headcount movie <laughs> remember that oh yeah that was a bummer that was a bummer movie um because it was supposed to we went to the Alamo draft house they had an art movie night which is super cool i didn't know they did that and you can have a i'm gonna do a quick spiel you get a book and you get to like write down your thoughts on the movie and then every time you come back you get a stamp and if you go like 10 times you get a t-shirt which i will do <laughs> A lot of things for a t-shirt. So I will watch a lot of <laughs> indie art movies and get a t-shirt. Um, but yeah, that one was supposed to... They were trying to do like a cross between The Thing... And It Follows. Or, and It Follows, yeah. yeah. And it did not turn out well. It was like an H&M commercial. Yeah. <laughs> with like some horror elements and then... It kind of reminded me of, like, those movies that are just like, oh, like, you know what's cool in this movie? Let's put this in this movie. Okay. Yeah, they did a little copy-paste. Yes, they did. <laughs> they did a lot of copy-paste. Well, and I, like, I got distracted, like, um, because it was set in Joshua Tree, which I know is, like, apparently Instagram hipster heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. And so they had that. And then it was, like, yeah, like, middle, oh, no, early 20s, like, cast which is fine but they were all like um very cliched and they didn't have a lot of development like none of them had a story that would that made you care of you know why they died you know and like everything movie they get picked off (laughs) one by one um some of the cool parts were you know i liked when they didn't i can give a quick also oops synopsis real quick okay but these like okay so it opens it's this it's spring break time. This one kid is, like, saying goodbye to his friends, dropping them off at the airport. He's about to have, like, a lame spring break with his older brother in Joshua Tree um, while his best friends go and party uh, in, I don't know, Europe. I don't know. And so he goes to his brother's, you know, RV in the middle of the desert, and the brother's, like, really into crystals and... You know, what did it, was it like sound, sound a sound bath? <laughs> and apparently you can take a sound bath and have all your bad vibes like cleansed off you and you feel amazing. 
And so this kid is just, like, not buying it. So they go on a hike, and he makes eyes at this group of, like, young 20 people, like, 20-year-olds. And they're all paired up, like, in a group, so or in a couple. So everyone's a couple except this one girl that conveniently he finds attractive. Um, and so she finds him attractive. They end up talking, and he goes and he kind of ditches his brother, which is also... Like, that's on you. You shouldn't be ditching your family. <laughs> Don't ditch your brother. Don't ditch your brother. They're there to protect you. Um, and so he goes with them, and, like, I don't remember how they summon this thing. Oh! They, they go to a website. <laughs> they go to a website. Yeah, they go to a website. They're playing a game, and they drink a lot. Like, these kids drink a lot of tequila. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm okay with drinking, but that's, like, that's like a three-day bender. That was a lot. Literally, yeah. Yeah. It's like you rented. What do they do? The Airbnb on the house and just get drunk? Yeah. So these kids, like, they're doing a campfire spooky tales, and then they get to the the protagonist, and he, they're like, okay, tell us a story. And then somebody says, well, read it from this website. And so he reads it, and it's it summons this, like... Now, we had a debate on this. Yes. An alien? Was it an alien? Or was it... Well, I mean, it can't be an alien if it's, like, from the... You said Aliens would be extraterrestrial. Yeah. Did I say cryptid? You said cryptid. I'm thinking I said cryptid. I think it was just like a paranormal entity. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they summon the paranormal entity yes. or alien. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be an alien if it's not from space? It doesn't. Because it's in the desert, and that's but where it's aliens not extraterrestrial, live. Though. It looked like an alien. Yeah, because they did a bad CGI on it. Okay. The debate rages So they summon the thing. And so uh, apparently it... Every time you have the number five or something like that, it gets stronger. And so it's like... It's a shape-shifting entity that takes, you know, the place of somebody in the group. So it's kind of... The fun parts of this movie are when it you see it kind of flipping back and forth and like you see somebody but then you see him again somewhere else like that was a fun part of that movie but then everything else just was not it kind of was trying to be very suspenseful and it just kind of never never got up that hill and then it just kind of fizzled out well the thing that was like kind of infuriating to me was this like this like weird like anomaly would happen and they wouldn't like care and just be like oh okay and then like one time it happens and then that's when everybody freaks out so it's just like why didn't they just freak out at the beginning and then it just snowballs why do they just keep doing it like over and over again and be like huh oh i thought you were there no i thought you were there why are you here oh you're over there it's like do you not understand this is like a weird thing happening like yeah and now this one part that's when everybody freaks out yeah so. There was a, they were doing a lot of drugs though, so <laughs> maybe that's part of it. Right. Don't go to the desert. Don't do a bender, and don't ditch your brother. <laughs> These are the the, the is that your what is it the my favorite murder thing that they say? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a uh, my favorite murder, murder moment. But I just think like that movie had a lot of copy paste and a lot of it focused I think too much on the wrong parts of being scary. The, yeah. I don't know what the wrong words of being scary are. Well, like, um, like you said, like, it, you have to make it make sense. Like, make it make sense on why you're, why you're scared. It can't be scary one time, but not scary any other time. Like, it's, like, logic. Yeah. The it's, logic of horror. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, Brad is dead. He got stabbed in the face. Oh, well. It's like, oh, no, Christy got stabbed in the face. Let's freak out. Like, you know. Yeah. You gotta care about Brad and Christy. <laughs> <laughs> can't care about only one person getting stabbed in the face. <laughs> it ate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Erica? It ate everybody, stupid. <laughs> uh, we grew so, up on The Simpsons. Yeah. We can coach Simpsons, like, almost every day. Yeah, you walked into the house and I was watching a Simpsons clip, so... <laughs> that shows you something. That's the one with the boogeyman. Yeah. It's like, part. I don't want to scare you, but the boogeyman is here. I don't remember all that. I don't remember the old Treehouse of Horror. But no, it was like, because Homer was like watching the kids, and then Lisa says like, oh, the boogeyman. And then Homer freaks out, and then they're like hiding behind like in a fort or something. (laughs) We'll have to watch that one again. Yes. Yeah. So, 
that was a no go for what was that? I forgot that movie already. Head count. Head count. Which was a weird name because I thought it was gonna be like people getting their heads chopped off. Yeah, when it's called a head count, I think it's like I don't think they ever really thought out that title anymore. It's like let's take a quick head count of who's here, but like that's, you're you're asking me to think too much on that. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like another thing that like took me out of the movie was like why are people dressed like so nice in the desert? <laughs> like your clothes are gonna get dusty. Like you don't wear your nice stuff to the desert. Who are you going to impress? Like, your four friends that you already hang out with? They're doing it for the gram. <laughs> it was all that movie was for the gram. Uh, you Com- know what that, yeah. Completely. <laughs> it's like we're in a secluded desert area. Okay. Let's look amazing. <laughs> right? Stupid Instagram ruining everything. Well, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. <laughs> What did you say last time? I don't want to be old man yelling at clouds. I feel like that was that was your moment. You had that old... a Simpsons reference. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> old man yells at clouds. Yeah, <laughs> that was you right now. You were mad at Instagram. You old man yelled at clouds. Oh, I think it's just the culture that Instagram created. Yeah. Which is like, oh, I am perfectly dress for this one random moment to put on the internet for eternity yeah i think if anything a lot a lot more people are dressing nicer so i'm down for that <laughs> like let's all not be schlubby <laughs> <laughs> all right any other horror movie things you want to talk about not that i can think of right now I will promise to watch Ready or Not so we can talk about it next time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I can, I'll text you when I, the twist happens. <laughs> so we can talk about it in full? Yes. I also want to. actually married with a husband, so I thought it would resonate more with you. <laughs> I'm triggered. Uh, oh. I also just wanted to, to shout out that you spoiled Avengers for me without knowing it. That was probably the worst. Well, parallel thinking. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Avengers Endgame, I went to watch it with my husband Joseph at the, at, for his birthday, at the end of his birthday party, and my brother comes up to me and he goes, wouldn't that be crazy if they just killed Thanos in the first 30 minutes? And I was like, did you just spoil the movie? He's like, no, I didn't really even see it. And then sure enough, the first 30 minutes, they kill him, and I was like, damn it, CJ. <laughs> well, like, I don't know, it's like, where else could you take that movie, though? Like, they have Time to- travel. Yeah. Well, I mean, they alluded to time travel throughout the whole trailer. It's like, gotta go back and get them. It's like, they literally say that. Yeah, that's true. And they're wearing their suits. Which were all CGI, I think. Yes, because they were like, we're not going to show you a fat Thor. <laughs> yeah. I'm very into what's CGI and what's not. If you couldn't tell, I'm like, that's real, that's practical, that's fake, that's CGI. I just assume everything is CGI. I'm like old man yelling at clouds. I'm like, CGI on this and everything. Yeah, why? CGI. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so I guess we will sign off until next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks for joining me. You're the one that got me into podcasts because before I thought podcasts were just like, how to save up for a 401k. How to grow your garden, like basic stuff like that. I didn't know you could have actually like interesting things on a podcast. So. Oh man, I would love to know how to grow things in a garden. <laughs> you do grow things in a garden. <laughs> no, I yeah, podcasting. Everyone's got one, so we'll just try ours and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's gonna be like an indie band that like maybe two or three people will be like, oh yeah, I heard about them. Have you heard about them? Probably not. Yeah, and I think if you just want to hear two siblings talk about scary movies or their childhood, this is it. <laughs> yes, because... <laughs> and or. Yes, because I drove you around with me to watch a lot of scary movies, which I am... We should talk about next time when you took me to see Hostel. No, you took me to see Hostel, and then you got I that. took you to see Hostel? Yeah. Oh, I thought you took me to see Hostel. No, you took me, you took me and Priscilla to see Hostel. Why did I do that? <laughs> That was traumatizing. (laughs) It was traumatizing to you? Yeah, hostile scary. That's scary. That was that got you more in a gore. Oh I mean, I guess, but yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I really thought you took me, but well, I guess I was wrong. I don't know. Maybe I did take you and Priscilla, and then well, I just remember you bought me something because I was being like kind of whiny about like having to wait in line or something like that, or not getting good enough seats. Yeah. Also, the time of age where you had to wait in line at the movies yeah. and you had to get there early if you wanted to have your choice of seats there was yeah. no pre-seating assigned seating which yeah, so i think i might have been like how are you up to me now yeah we I only think got I like you an pickle. hour left <laughs> <laughs> to wait in line yeah and you would just eat so much popcorn because you were waiting literally two hours before yes. and that's when they were like nice enough to be like hey let's introduce this idea of refilling the popcorn yeah yeah but now we get what reserve seating reserve seating and unlimited popcorn so <laughs> double day to be yeah popcorn yeah <laughs> the amazon may be on fire but hey i can have as much popcorn as i want <laughs> so we can still have some good things in the world yes all right all right bye bye <laughs>